Hey guys, good morning. Good morning! <laughs> Welcome to the first test episode of the Nerdy Nightly Morning Show. Mm -hmm. um, we're so excited to be doing this, um, but uh, this is a test. We, we want to <laughs> figure things out, and we hope that you'll yeah. join us for this adventure. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. And thank you, Orange, for those gift subs. Thank you, Orange, for <laughs> starting us off strong. Yeah. Um, we might have to figure out a way to put our, our sub goal in this uh, overlay as well. Because uh, we are we are uh, doing some goals for October. Mm -hmm. uh, if we hit a hundred subs in the channel for the month, we are going to do a VR horror stream. And if there's a hundred subs in her channel, she has to join me for it. Great, <laughs> Jad. We're not going to be doing karaoke's on this one. I will get you those points refunded. Uh, but this <laughs> is a podcast talk show. This is being recorded uh, to be put on YouTube and to be put on our podcast feed as well. So some <laughs> of the Twitch stuff won't be there. Our chat bot isn't on, so there are no sound commands, yeah. stuff like that. But uh, we'll get you that Phantom of the Opera next time, Jack. Yeah, yeah. David, I need credits. I know, King Brent, we all need credits. Um, and you'll get them eventually, I promise. Is this going to be a regular thing? This week, we are going to do Monday through Friday. We're going to do a morning show every morning Yeah. this week to try it out. But, you know, we have to fix bugs, like the fact that in the chat, you can't read it because it's black on gray. Uh, so that's something that we'll fix for next time. Nailed it. <laughs> Pause for check. Thank you. Thank you, Miller. Do you want to scoop that way just a little bit? Yeah. You're not cut off by this. And um, we are going to be doing some nerdy news, uh, bringing you all the latest in what is going on in the world of nerddom, geekdom, and beyond. <laughs> oh, a moisture farm for the empire. Cheers. Cheers. Our hubby wifey <laughs> mugs, because we're basic like that. Hey, Miller and Roshin got us those mugs. Miller and Roshin. Yes, Miller, thank you for the thank you for the mugs. Thank you. We have some really fun nerdy news to start the morning off. Um, we got the Mandalorian release schedule. I'm so excited. So excited, clearly. I mean, we literally the only person on the set with us is the child. Yeah. Um, the Mandalorian will be releasing October 30th. That is a Friday. Uh, and every episode will release uh, every Friday after that until December 18th. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike the first season, which had two episodes the first week, there is no doubling up on weeks. It is one episode every Friday, every week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to throw to you, what are you looking forward to most in Mandalorian Season 2? Um, I want to uh, start off, first of all, by um, saying Rebel Trooper, that's a great idea. We will work on an intro song. Yeah, if, we, we if are this, working on stuff. If this stays a regular thing, this is our trial run. We're going to see how it goes for us. Um, but for Mandalorian Season 2, um, I am actually very happy that they're sticking with a weekly release. Mm -hmm. um, I know that it was really controversial, um, especially for the boys. People Review bombed. Were, yeah, we're trying to like spam negative reviews for the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly loved that weekly release i thought um um i had forgotten how much i liked having that um i'm looking forward to this coming out every week kind of thing and you know we don't always get to watch it the day it comes out but it still builds up that excitement for it and Absolutely. so i'm really glad that mandalorian is sticking with that because um i do prefer that method of release personally yeah i think it was really noticeable in our house how we got so excited each week for the new episode of the boys mm -hmm. and we watch so much we you know because we put out podcasts and all of this stuff we watch so much content um that it, it sometimes is weird that i'm not excited for things mm -hmm. <laughs> because it feels like i have to watch it or um 
I'm just watching so much that it kind of is hard to tell things apart from each other at times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so having something that was like, you don't get it until this date, you can't just watch the whole thing, was really mm -hmm. nice. And the boys became a, a, an event in this house. Like every Friday, we were like, we have to find time for this. Yeah. It also made me um, think about the show more instead mm -hmm. of just kind of vegging out and letting it all run past my eyes. I had a week to think about each episode. You know, I had a week yeah. to be excited, a week to come up with my own theories, what I wanted to see next. And I think with that, like, Netflix binge type of... I love that. David's favorite alert. Bitch, thank you thank so you for much. Thank you for the 100 bitties. If you've never seen that alert before, it's like a 12-year-old. Um, it's like, no, I think it's even like 15 years old now. It's a woman who is reading a teleprompter and can't read. And, and I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's a, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I think uh, <laughs> the, the boys um, really illustrated for me something that I hadn't realized for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was that... I had started to kind of see television shows as um, uh, background noise. I, I, yeah. I put them on while I'm doing other things because they're bingeable and mm -hmm. Netflix kind of brought about this new era of television, mm -hmm. it, this premium golden age of, you know, prestige television as people call it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it also put out so much content and there's so much content coming out on the television side that it is at times hard to distinguish what is, um, I don't, I don't know what the word I'm, I'm looking for is, but, but, but what, what's actually like interesting to me yeah. versus what I'm having on because I feel like I need to have things on. Yeah. And I, I realized with the boys that like, oh, I'm so excited to watch this show. And now that it's over, I'm immediately diving into thinking about next season. Yeah. And I think that because Netflix is starting to put shows out week, with weekly releases and Disney Pluses. And mm -hmm. I think that we're going to actually leave the binge watch era behind. Yeah. Because for the shows themselves, it's really hard to build buzz when everybody watches it over a weekend. Yeah. And then no one is watching it again into the future. Mm-hmm. And so I think that seeing the way that uh, Disney Plus is releasing all of its shows this way, I, I don't think we're going to go back to that era again. Yeah, I think I, you know, uh, the world of television and uh, such that it's all changing. It's all like it's ever fluid. And mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to see us going because everything kind of jumped to that extreme of it yeah. all comes out at once and you binge watch it. And now we're kind of stepping back. And I think having that in between is actually going to be really nice. Mello asked a really interesting question in the chat yes. saying, do you think the Netflix price hike is worth it this year? So what is the price hike? I actually, actually don't sure. know. What, what I will say is that Netflix is going to have a hard time competing because Disney Plus is keeping its price um, st stagnant for now. And its right. price is already significantly lower than Netflix's. Is it? I thought Netflix was like eight ninety nine a month or something. Um, Netflix is going to the streaming giant is nine ninety nine a month in Canada, mm -hmm. but the standard monthly plan is going to be fourteen ninety nine. Um, a five dollar increase? No, no, no. So, so, so the nine ninety nine plan is the most basic plan. Yes. That's what we have because there's two of us. Um, a, a standard plan is typically for families. Mm -hmm. Uh. So for fourteen ninety nine, you can have like three different screens in the household all watching Netflix at the same time. 
Whereas, like, on our account, like, if we're watching Netflix in here, we can't also be watching Netflix in the bedroom. Um, or a different oh, show in the bedroom. Okay. So, so, what's the price hike? Uh, just that the, the it's going up by $1 a month on, on a, the, a plan that we don't have. <laughs> so, for us, it's great. Okay. So, for us, it doesn't make a big difference. But... Here's a question for you, though. So, we don't really watch a lot of new Netflix shows. New? No, not like, really. Like, we mostly watch stuff that we already like on Netflix. Yeah. Because, you know, the next thing that I'm excited to watch on Netflix is Stranger Things. Um, season four? Yeah, I need to catch up on that. So, you know, nowadays, with so many streaming services, I feel like it is an interesting conversation of, for the last few weeks, we've been watching a lot of Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So we have all these streaming services, but we don't use all of them every week. No, no. Here's the thing. If it's, if it's a dollar price hike, Mellow, I think that if you are a big family and you have multiple people watching it, that $1 at like at a time, it probably isn't going to seem like a lot. Netflix is going to rake in a bunch of money with mm -hmm. $1 a month. That's only an extra $12 a year when you think about it, which I don't think is really like, if I saw that, I wouldn't be too like upset by it. You know, if I yeah. had... If I had a, a family, multiple people in the house, and I wanted like everyone to be able to enjoy their own shows and not have to worry about the fight over who gets to watch what right now and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. I think that extra dollar a month is really not much of a sacrifice, and maybe that's coming from a place of privilege, but $12 a month extra does not seem outrageous to me. Or $12 a I, year extra. I, I think that if it happens every few years, I would agree with you. I think that uh, Netflix has been hiking its price up pretty consistently, though year over year over year right and the problem becomes what streaming services are worth it at what price i think that because disney plus is arguably the cheapest with the most content right now mm -hmm. because it's disney and because they can um mm -hmm. because they own all of their content it becomes uh interesting to see a service like netflix which has to raise its prices because they do not have a a larger corporation yeah. that can kind of offset costs here and there. Um, they also don't have the content in-house that Disney does. Yeah. Netflix originals are great, but they don't own Pocahontas. You know what I mean? They don't own... Yeah. And also, Netflix is a much more varied streaming service. Disney Plus is a kid's streaming service. I yeah. love it. There's plenty of stuff on there for adults, but there isn't yeah. any adult content. The other thing as well, though, is I think that Netflix is seriously stepping up their original content game. I mean, they're making so much of it. Ago. Netflix is making so much original content that the number one show on Netflix is usually something I've never even seen an ad for. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the other thing is if you're somebody who, like, that's how you get home and unwind and relax is, you know, just watching Netflix and having that on. Um, I, I think that that price hike really uh, is going gonna, is gonna to feel different depending on what kind of, like, watcher you are. I, I honestly, you know what, Mello, to, to answer your question, I think it's going to come and go and people who have Netflix are going to continue to have Netflix. People who don't will continue to not. And at the end of the day, people aren't really going to care yeah. all that much. I just want to say, uh, Birdie Bougie, I am also very upset that Glow was canceled. Um, but um, I don't think that was um, just because 
Netflix canceled shows too quickly. From what I read, um, Glow uh, unfortunately was canceled mm -hmm. because of the close proximity that the actors have to have with all the physical contact. Um, and during COVID time, they only had, I think, two episodes filmed. Um, mm -hmm. And then it just, they were not able to afford to keep it going, well, which and, is unfortunate. And actually, there, there, there's a bigger part of that, which is that Netflix is in canceling some of their shows. They're trying to release people from contracts so that those people can get work if they want to. Someone like mm -hmm. Alison Brie can afford to take a few months off. She has multiple television shows. She has royalties coming in. She's doing all right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the crew of those shows are also contracted. Mm -hmm. And those are people who maybe can't sit around for seven months and wait for their job to come back. Yeah. And so in Netflix canceling Glow, a show that they do not know when they will be able to continue to produce episodes of, when they yeah. can continue to pay people, those people are able to jump onto a different show and are contractually able to make money in their field in a way that they're not able to at the moment yeah. with the show that they're contractually stuck in. And so it, it becomes a really complicated matter of like a show like Glow might not be able to film for a year and a half. Yeah. And it might film then. Just because Netflix cancels a show does not mean that Netflix, Netflix won't bring it back when it's safe to do so if they have a reason to, if they have the cast on board and everything like that. Yeah, if there's a like, you know, if there's a public outcry, or we want that last season of Glow and the cast is willing or available to come back for it, you know, that might change things. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's also just an unfortunate circumstance because of COVID. Yeah. Because they, you know, they were in the middle of filming it. That we would have gotten that show um, if it wasn't for our global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the global pandemic. Don't you just, uh, just hate it? We always it. seem to come back to that. <laughs> Um, Mello is asking if we f find it hard to keep up with all the different platforms. Yeah, 100% Mello. I, I'm having a hard time mm -hmm. uh, with the content. Uh, just because there's so much that comes out, I miss a lot of things. Obviously, we have a certain aesthetic that we go towards. Yeah. So if it's a superhero show, we watch it. <laughs> if it's a Star Wars show, we watch it. If it's high fantasy. And high fantasy. And if it's romance, we probably don't. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been, like, a rom-com kind of person. Like, I've seen, like, I don't know, probably less than ten. Like <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched I've watched a lot, but it, it, it becomes hard in television. It's just too many episodes, and there's just too much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely not my genre. Um, but, yeah, I find it hard to keep up with, like, what's coming out when, on which service, and what's exclusive, and how it's being released and you know it's a lot like David and I have to pick and choose we talk about mm -hmm. our list all the time we have a very extensive list of things that we would like to watch and, and the list only gets longer the list doesn't get shorter yeah, yeah we never exactly. we're never going to catch up with this list no I, it's not going to happen especially since every day I find out there's another movie that Clarice has never seen before that she like this morning it was Anchorman um you know yeah. certain things like that <laughs> yeah, I. I mm -hmm. um, let's move on to our next story. Let's let's we're gonna go into our title story here, um, as it says down below. Wonder Woman heads to ancient Egypt because we found out over the weekend that Gal Gadot is going to be playing Cleopatra in a movie about the expansive uh, myth and legend and real true story that is Cleopatra, and it will be directed by Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984 director. Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. There was an extensive bidding process for this film that included basically everyone. Uh, <laughs> I know that Netflix and Apple TV Plus were both um, huge bidders for this, but ultimately Paramount Pictures has gotten the rights to the film. Interesting. 
So how, sorry, quick question about that. How does that process work? Is there a script written and it's taken to a bunch of uh, producers and they all kind of fight over it? So it it depends on how many people are involved. Yeah. Um, There is a process that is known as uh, writing a spec script, uh, which is a script that no one has commissioned you to write. It is your idea and you're taking it. And you write it, you take it to a studio, and then you pitch it to a studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how uh, a lot of really, really famous movies get made. Yeah. Um, and this is how uh, a lot of writers kind of break into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, I, I know um, Max Landis wrote a, a spec script that went for like $3 million. So like once these, wow. once these scripts are written... You go around, everyone reads them, and then people either bid on them or, or don't. don't. Um, so I believe this is going to be a movie. So this is going to be a movie, yeah, uh, starring Gal Gadot uh, as Cleopatra, which I, I, want to, I want to talk about because I find it really mm-hmm. interesting. Gal Gadot is rather famous. Well, obviously very famous. Very famous. But she's also um, probably the most famous person right now for having served in the Israeli military um, because it's mandatory. Uh, mm-hmm. If you grew up there, and uh, she is a Israeli woman playing a Egyptian pharaoh, and I, I don't want to get too much into the specifics of that because I don't really understand the situation. Mm-hmm. But I know that there is some complicated socio-political things between those two nations, mm-hmm. and I, I I wonder about the choice to have someone who is kind of. The only controversy around Gal Gadot is her military service and her um, continued promotion of that um, service and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I I do find it interesting to see her in this position of playing a character who I think there might be some controversy around this movie. Yeah, but I, you know, I think that in a way, depending on how they handle it, will also make them money. Yeah, there, there, there is a there's an incredible uh, tendency in our current climate to hate watch things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I will give you my money because you've made me angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting kind of phenomenon. Um, here's the thing. Uh, obviously, I can't really comment on. Uh, I I don't know what the relationship or past relationship of those two countries has mm-hmm. been. My history. Um, is lacking, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I am kind of curious. I think I'm gonna look into that because, I mean, I know like there's always a. I don't know. It's that, it's that interesting push of they clearly wanted to have somebody who wasn't like white European obviously for the movie. Yeah. But they need somebody that's famous enough that they can pull in money. And I think that, I think that that's probably, like, I wonder if it was in their minds, that like relationship um, when they cast her. And honestly, Gal Gadot is such a huge international star at this point that it might, it might never be a problem. I know I saw that. Mello is hate watching this. Um, It might never be a problem. It, It might never even be a consideration. It is just a, it, it, it might be and it might not be. And I don't know because I'm obviously not the person who's involved in any of that. Um, I am excited to see a Cleopatra movie directed by Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Honestly, her involvement is more exciting to me than Gal Gadot's just mm-hmm. because 
I think Cleopatra is a character who falls into sort of uh, stereotyping and mythologizing of women in a way. She exists mm-hmm. um, in a way that is um, uh, very um, put on a pedestal. Yes, and when I'm, she's a real human. Yeah, with, and you know strengths and flaws. I'm excited to see a movie directed and written by women that depicts her in her complexities and 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 i want her to be the you know magnanimous huge larger than life character that i think she might have been i don't know a lot about cleopatra this movie could like blow the lid (laughs) off of uh my my ignorance but um to see you know i know it's written by a woman it's directed by a woman it's starring a woman who has a lot of power in the industry right now yeah and i'm hoping that we will get a cleopatra starry uh story controversial or not that um really uh shows that character in a more humanizing light yeah and uh i i hope it's successful i want patty jenkins to just get all the movies i I really i think she's a fantastic director yeah 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 i i we've talked about this before there are things about the first wonder woman movie i did not like (laughs) but uh, that being said i i think there are a lot of things that were brilliant about it and so i'm i'm excited i'm gonna watch it Having said that, speaking of Wonder Woman, we did get the news, uh, not news, but um, industry talk that Wonder Woman 1984 will probably be pushed back to next year. Uh, it's looking at either February or June of next year. They uh, pushed to Christmas, right? Yes, they're currently at Christmas. And mm-hmm. um, we, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Movie theaters are in a dire straits. <laughs> at yeah. the moment it's not funny i'm laughing because i'm uncomfortable movie theaters are my favorite <laughs> place to go i usually see at least two movies a week in theaters uh and not being able to do that has been a big change in my life and i'm, I'm quite sad about it but um do you think paramount will give them freedom to direct it as they please i know some studios can make a lot of changes that change the ways directors envision their movies um miller that's an interesting point i i think that when you're dealing with the studio system as it exists right now you do have a lot of uh creative control in the studios just because these movies are so expensive uh that when a director is given control of a film um it is it is not necessarily as much control as they would like on the flip side of that i think that patty jenkins is arguably one of the most powerful female directors working right now I would say her and Ava DuVernay are probably the two with the strongest voices in Hollywood at the moment. And I would imagine that that gives her a certain amount of leverage going into this film that she's going to make the film that she wants. Mm -hmm. And uh, her and Gal Gadot being so close and Gal being one of the most, um, you know, influential celebrities at the moment. I I think that those two women are going to make the movie that they want and Paramount would be very... Um, would have a hard time trying to control that. Yeah. Are theaters still closing Canada? Uh, movie theaters are not closing Canada. No, they are open. The problem is that there aren't any new movies. They are closed some places in Canada. True. Toronto, uh, where we are, just closed its movie theaters they're, back down. Yeah, they're shutting back down. But um, across across the country, uh, the, the theaters are open. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually, when Tenet and New Mutants came out, we did go see those. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's the, that's the biggest struggle with the theaters right now is that there's no new movies, there's no draw to bring people in. Yeah. They're not making money in that way. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, we went and saw Empire Strikes Back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw the Lord of the Rings, the the Fellowship of the Ring, but re like rerunning movies is not. I I don't think that they are going to be able to make enough money off of that. And it's also one of those things where for us, like, or at least I I believe, I don't want to speak for you, but it was going to see the new movie that came out and you would go and see what was new, what was coming out, what was Mm -hmm. relevant. Yeah, and, you know, I think the, um, you know, the the announcement from Cineworld that they were going to close down their uh, UK branch as well as, or UK cinemas, sorry, as well as the Regal Cinemas in the United States hits everyone hard hey dig on uh yeah the uh chat bot is not on for this just because we are recording this for the podcast <laughs> yeah we don't need the asmr sound going off <laughs> truly we do not um i i think that you know there is an element of uh concern especially because regal is closed is that my phone yeah your mom is uh <laughs> my mom's us. texting us yeah something about us being live i don't know <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I'm so funny. Sorry about confused. that. We're, well, we're, you know, episode two will be tomorrow and it'll be much more professional than this. Um, we might get another light. It's a little bit dark, I think. It is a little bit dark. Um, we, see, this is why we're doing a test run. This also, is why we do a test run. Exactly. You know, you, you, with friends. Um, I hope drive-ins make a comeback. I've never actually been to a drive-in. Drive-ins, drive-ins will not make a comeback in Canada, but uh, drive-ins in Southern California have been open and operating, and they're actually making some um, uh, some serious cash for the movies that are going to them. I know that a big pull for um, Unhinged, the Russell Crowe movie, a lot of the money that that movie made was from drive-ins. Tenet made a lot of money in drive-ins. Uh, not anywhere near what they can make in a real theater. Yeah. Just realistically. but. Um, Jess and Ryan went mm-hmm. to a drive-in the other week, actually. Um, they went. They wanted to see Tenet. They were yeah. really excited about it. And unfortunately, they uh, left because the uh, sound wasn't able to come through their radio for whatever reason. Um, so they went, and they were really excited. And then they had they had problems. They couldn't hear the movie. Um mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know if that was the, the, the drive-in or their car or whatever that may be. But, there, you know, there's always that, like, learning curve. Yeah. Something like that. Um, Miller is asking, do the theaters have any COVID precautions there? Uh, they do. Um, Everything, yeah, everyone is very spaced out. When yeah. we went to the movies, I mean, there were only about four other people in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you reserve your seat, every seat is reservation only. Yep. So you have to pick your seat. Um, and they... It's like every second row and every, like, there's like four seats in between at least yeah. you and other groups. Yeah. So you only sit with your group. They're also, their cleaning measures have been upped sin, uh, substantially. They have a spray that they spray into the air that uh, kills the virus and things like that. And um, yeah, the, the, the precautions feel very safe to me. Uh, we've been to the movies four times. Yeah. We've been a handful of times and it's never felt unsafe. We try to be very conscious about it. Um, yeah. And so... It, yeah, it was... that was all in Alberta, where we were living at the time, uh, where the cases were so minimal that it, it that also was a huge factor in it. Uh, yeah. Depending on where you are in the world, going to the movies probably feels differently, depending on location and case and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So we we don't really know what it's like in Ontario, but unfortunately, Ontario, because of the number of cases, is closing things down again. So we may not 
um, mm-hmm. be able to experience that. Also, Dagon, just to answer your question, I don't think I could live without D&D, so we're going to have to go with option A. <laughs> what question was that? Would you rather ha- uh, play a full D&D campaign all the way through without stopping or never play D&D again? <laughs> I could absolutely play a full D&D campaign without stopping. That sounds like a great day. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the not, dream right there yeah yeah yeah. that's not even hard yeah so miller so groups can sit together yeah that's, and movies yeah um we're gonna move on to our next story uh i you know i think we talked about cleopatra we'll probably see it yeah provided you know we don't we don't really we have can. too much information about it yet other than it's happening it's happening we're getting a a, a patty jenkins directed cleopatra movie which i'm very excited about yeah um the next story is a, a rumor a rumor going around the hollywoods that tom hardy the actor Ooh. who was recently Eddie Brock in the Venom movie mm-hmm. may be in talks to appear as Eddie Brock and Venom in Spider-Man 3, whatever this uh, follow-up to Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be called. Hmm. This comes on the news that Jamie Foxx is being brought in as yes. Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. And um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are both in talks to return as their Spider-Man for this third Spider-Man movie. Um, do you think that it is smart for this movie to copy Spider-Verse so soon after Spider-Verse? I was just going to say, wait, are they doing Spider-Verse? Is that... Well, I mean... <laughs> is that what we're doing? We know that Doctor Strange... Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the film. Yes. Um, playing the mentor role as Doctor Strange. And we know that before we get Spider-Man 3, we are going to be getting a Doctor Strange movie titled The Multiverse of Madness, which will star him and the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> sounds like a bad carnival. It's <laughs> it sounds like a ride at Six Flags. The Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And there's like a bad animatronic Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> like doing his, his American accent. Where you're like, where in America is Stephen Strange from? Yeah, good question. <laughs> Bender stick cucumber patch. <laughs> um, I, 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 we have people in the chat saying, no, it's not smart at all. Thank you, Rhiannon, for that. I, I'm very curious to see where they're going with this phase four of Marvel because yeah. we're seeing um, Kang the Conqueror, who is going to be in the next Ant-Man movie, um, played by the star of that Lovecraft Country show that we desperately need to watch. But, um... We so that's time travel. We have multiverse of madness, which is the Doctor Strange movie. So we're we're getting all of these sort of like fourth um, dimension sort of effects coming into Marvel. Yeah, and I'm curious if they're going to have to do this multiverse at some point anyway. Why not do it in a Spider-Man movie where well, people are already comfortable with the concept? Exactly. And Joe is saying, you know, Spider-Verse was so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, people loved it. Absolutely. So, yeah, honestly, I can understand their thinking. Yeah. You know, let's try this again. See how people like it. And, you know, everyone has their opinion about Spider-Man and which one they liked the best and who was the best Spider-Man. And, you know, everyone, I feel like, is pretty nostalgic about um, uh, Toby Toby Maguire's mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And... Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually quite liked the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, the first one. The first one. Yeah, the second one, yeah, was a little... Have I, you... I, go... Don't... I mean, don't. I was about to say go back and watch the second one again. Don't do it. Here's the thing. The Just second don't. one literally made me cry. So, I feel like, like... Oh, there's emotional moments. It's it's just so long. Yeah. That movie yeah, it's is... it's a lot. It's very, very long. It's and a lot. there's too many... There's too much going on. Yeah. But I feel like they're... Um, they're all... 
<clears throat> excuse me, they're all brilliant actors. It's early, guys. I don't function before 11 a.m. I think the multiverse... Oh, Miller is saying, I think the multiverse movies or series can be interesting, but only when they're spread out. This is this is the thing. Yeah. I think... Um, yeah, is it too soon? Is it too soon? And there is a Spider-Verse 2 coming out in the same year, probably. With COVID, who knows mm. when movies are coming out. That I question. But when the... You're, you're basically telling the same story with two different Spider-Men um, in a way that I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull off. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're getting some love for Jamie Foxx as Electro. All right. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 yep, that's happening. Um, I, <laughs> I really, I'm excited for Jamie Foxx to have a chance to play Electro again because yeah. I really don't like that character in that movie. Oh, David is of opposing opinions. I think that if you get Jamie Foxx to play Electro, he already is so much like the comic book Electro. You don't need to give him a completely different character to play that isn't Mm. Electro. Like the character that we got in that movie is not Electro from the comics at all. And so I, that, that's my, when they cast Jamie Foxx, I was like, oh yeah, he'll nail it. He will nail exactly the Electro that I read growing up. And And then then they wrote a different character and yeah. i was like what is happening yeah. and also if you're gonna make electro the start of the movie with jamie fox don't then cast dane DeHaan, an actor that some people have heard of as the bigger villain and then have that other villain not matter until the very end when they just murder gwen stacy sorry spoilers but <laughs> spoilers she died Morgan's in the comics right 90 in 94 the year i was born um <laughs> Here's the thing. I, as someone who, um, I'm not a comic book reader, mm-hmm. which you guys know for the most part. Um, so I come into the perspective of never having read the source material for it. And I did enjoy Jamie Foxx's Electro. It's mm-hmm. been several years since I have seen that movie, but I remember watching it and enjoying it. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we should, um, give the Spider-Man movies a rewatch before this comes out. Cause I would like to see, um what's different mm-hmm. and what they keep like what they thought worked for them and what didn't well I, hopefully they learn i i know sony has really wanted to put out a um a not superior six sinister six wow my brain uh sony's really wanted to make a sinister six movie for a while we mm-hmm. had reports of that going back as far as when the andrew garfield movies were in theaters yeah and i think that there is an element of this that is their ability to finally get a sinister six without having to set up villains yeah for that movie is oh we'll just pull the villains that people already know um we're going to have this situation where we have michael keaton as the vulture we have um maybe mysterio can come back in some way hey fantaxia welcome to the chat (laughs) uh we have now jamie foxx's as electro Mm-hmm. So so we're, we're going to bring in these characters. I The one question I do have about this movie that I'm very curious about is whether or not it is going to be weird. Because we're having Tobey Maguire in the movie, ostensibly as an older Peter Parker. Yeah, they're not really... They're not going to de-age him. Yeah, they could digitally now. I guess with today's like technology, it is an option, but I don't think that that's what they're going to do. Do we really need Doctor Strange in a mentor role in this movie then? When we have... Is he going to be in a mentor role or is he just going to be able to facilitate the coming together of the multiverse? Everything has been saying that Doctor Strange is there to be the mentor. 
Okay, interesting. I, I just think it is interesting to have old Peter Parker. Not old. Tobey Maguire is... Have you seen a picture of Tobey Maguire lately? He still looks like he's like 22. Yeah. But uh, and a slightly more aged Peter Parker mm-hmm. in this movie and not have him be the mentor. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an interesting choice. And that's where they need to like, I think, differentiate from Spider-Verse in a way because if he's going to be there and not be the mentor, he can't be the like wash up. Because then it's too similar. And uh, a lot of chat re- uh, really liked what Miller said about with the success of Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. um, this new movie is going to have to be so good because mm-hmm. of the expectation. Um, and I-, I believe I'm getting that right, but I just want to... Well, um, well, yeah. It the, needs the... to be an amazing movie or, yeah, it's not going to be as good. It's going to be the less good version and... Uh, I, I, that's the thing that I don't know how they would deal with if that happened. Yeah, I think it's also hard to compete with Spider-Verse because it felt like a cultural moment. Oh, uh, well, yeah, sort an of animated in, movie yeah. that, like, just kind of, like, swept over it. Like, everyone loved it. I watched Well, it and it was an wow. animated superhero movie that didn't make a lot of money. No. Spider-Verse was not the financial hit that it should have been, considering the quality. Mm-hmm. But it also was a film that won an Academy Award for Best Animated the yeah. movie and those that usually only goes to pixar so um yeah to see it's a big deal to see this film kind of come out of nowhere and also just have a, cre- a level of creativity that most films don't have i mean there's five styles of animation in that movie that look like they go together somehow yeah um, they pulled off something brilliant like truly brilliant i think my prediction honestly is that you know you said spider-verse didn't make a lot of money but it was a huge success people Mm -hmm. loved it i think this movie is gonna make all the money because of everybody like who's in it Mm -hmm. but i am worried for it if it's not incredible it's mm, people are not people are not gonna love it i don't think it's gonna be loved the same way as spider-verse which I think is what they're hoping for, but it's going to make money. I I don't think... Spider-Verse to me is still kind of a cult hit, whereas this will be a mainstream hit. I mean, the the, the two Spider-Man movies before it have earned enough good faith that Mm -hmm. this movie is going to destroy when it comes out. It's going to do very well. Yeah. Um, Especially because... Well, depending on if movie theaters survive. Um... Hi. Um, I'm actually I, I'm very excited for it. I, I'm still more excited for Spider Verse Two. Um, if I'm being honest, that's yeah. the movie I want of these two films. I want Spider Verse Two more. That's the one more. that I would go with as well. Actually, I, here's the thing: is it does seem like they're kind of just trying to um, cash in on how Spider Verse did. They're like, oh, let's do that thing, put a bunch of celebrities in it, and make money off of it. I don't agree with that. Okay. I, 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 just because, and maybe this is the comic book reader in me, but this is the Spider-Man story. Yeah. That people talk about these days. Like, Spider-Verse isn't a movie first. Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse is a comic series first. Mm -hmm. And so, this, this is actually a really natural progression of this to me. And when we're, what we're seeing right now is that bringing people in from the past is big money right now. Everyone wants to do it. There is a chance that Michael Keaton will be in this Spider-Man movie and he will be playing Batman again in a bat, in a, the Flash movie in the same year. I'm sorry. So, so Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, oh, what's, uh, mm, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, 
Um, they're the Spider-Man. Th- so they're, those three are going to be in it. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in it. He's Doctor Strange. There's a rumor Michael Keaton might be in it. Well, Michael Keaton's the vulture. Yeah, he'll be a villain. And Venom. Yeah. And Electro. Yeah. What is this movie going to be? Well, Sinister Six. So it's going to, so there's going to be six villains. So it'll, <laughs> oh, so, um. I was like, <laughs> where is this going? Because I'm assuming the Sinister Six is going to be Mysterio, Electro, Scorpion. Because we met Scorpion in, um. <laughs> Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, what if one of the Spider-Men is one of the Sinister Six? What if Tobey Maguire comes back as Doc Ock? That's what I want to see. That's um, what I want to see. But no, yeah, I think I think that we're gonna end up seeing Michael Keaton as Batman and Vulture in the same year. Wow! Because bringing people back to do things again is what people want to see. What, that's what people like. I, you know what I want though? I want Val Kilmer to come back as Batman again. We only got him in one Batman movie, but I want it. I want... Because Ben Affleck and apparently the Flash movie will have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. Right. So I want Val Kilmer. I want George Clooney. I want all of them. I want literally every person who's ever played Batman in a scene together just doing their... Just different gruff voices at each other. <laughs> Just throw Robert Pattinson in there for, for good measure as well. Um, um, so Miller says that this movie seems like it's aimed at hardcore fans. Because it's bringing back a bunch of people. So if you're a Spider-Man I, fan... I, I, but here's the thing. There, there's no such thing as hardcore Spider-Man fans. Spider-Man is the most... like I think like universal, universal superhero. superhero. For sure. It was the first one I... Pretty sure that I saw. Well, like, it was the that first. Original... Spider-Man was the first gigantic blockbuster about a superhero. Yeah, Post... I, it was a big deal when it came out. Po- uh, after the collapse of mm-hmm. superhero cinema, like you had Batman and Superman for a long time, and that was it. Then superhero cinema went away, and then in uh, 2000, or sorry, in 1999. Well, you had Blade in the 90s, but Blade is a different. It's R-rated. <laughs> it's excellent. Those films are fucking. I love them, but. Um, you they they fit into a different genre sort of but blade brought back superhero cinema x-men in 1999 group movies spider-man in 2000 being the huge hit it was being Mm -hmm. this you know successful temple that rebooted superhero cinema yeah and brought superhero cinema back to the front we would not have what we have now without x-men and um um spider-man interestingly kevin feige the, the head of um, the MCU worked on X-Men in 1999. Um, he's the reason that Hugh Jackman's hair looks like it does. He came up with that for that film oh, because he's a genius. So Spider-Man isn't a hardcore character. Spider-Man is the most accessible character. Yeah, it's the one everyone knows about. People have been watching Spider-Man movies for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And these characters, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland, those three are so well known that it's not like anyone's going to be like I don't I don't know who these Spider-Man are there there's probably young people who will actually like but anyone who's like our age yeah. and older is the going TikTok to know. crowd is going to be very confused by this movie <laughs> yeah but yeah. um you know the, for anyone over the age of 20 I think that this is going to be a very accessible group of characters to want to go see in a film together yeah yeah I think they they do need to be smart about it. Make sure that they all balance each other out and mesh well together. Um, but I don't know. I think we're going to need more information. Um, Mello the Bard says, shout out to Unbreakable being a low-key great superhero movie without you knowing it. Um, <laughs> Unbreakable's great. Split is great. And Glass is great. 
I won't hear any detractions to that statement. <laughs> um, the playmat says hardcore Spider-Man fans are the ones who know the differences between the different universe. Amazing, ultimate, spectacular, and etc. That's, That's true. I um, do not know. Amazing, amazing <laughs> Spider-Man and spectacular Spider-Man take place in the same universe. So I do take some uh, umbrage that also ultimate Spider-Man becomes Miles Morales and then he is now in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. So technically the three wild. universes that you just mentioned are the same universe now, but I, I do know what you mean, Matt. That's wild. I'm just going to um actually that really quick because that's... <laughs> is Miles Morales going to be in this movie? Yes. That's what I need. Thank you. Well, how many Spider-Men are going to be in this movie? Will that's Nick, the thing. We don't know. Will Nicolas Cage appear as Spider-Man Noir in this movie? I would love that. I would love that. I got owned. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt, you're good. You're good. This is what he, he thrives. This is why we have a show on Twitch. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the last story I wanted to talk about today was The Boys Season 2 finished over the weekend. <gasps> yeah. um, I think a lot of people I, online... I just gonna want to mention, we're not talking about spoilers. No spoilers. So no you don't no. need to leave if you haven't seen it. Yes. Continue. <laughs> um, no spoilers. Uh, but uh, the, this season was really well received. Uh, and of course the show is going into a third season. We already talked about how much we loved watching the season, about how yeah, into it was we were. incredible. Um, uh, moving on to the third season, we are starting to hear things that are coming out. Um, it has been confirmed that Jensen Ackles from Supernatural is going to be appearing in the third season as Soldier Boy, a character from the comic books who is, um... Not like Soldier Boy. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. That's what came um, to my mind. So, Soldier Boy is the boy's version of Captain America. Mm. But he's a huge coward. Um, I'm pretty he sure he wets like... himself at oh. one point in the comic books. Oh, wow. Um, but the... Um, he's a softie. The, the, the showrunner of um, the show has said that Soldier Boy will be Homelander before Homelander. So I'm wondering if that means that we are going to start getting some flashbacks to earlier days. Of Homelander. Of, well, not just Homelander, but of Vought mm. and of um, this whole world in season three. Uh, that's honestly what I need to know. I'm like, I need to know how this world works. I want to go back mm -hmm. to like Nazi Germany where it started. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know what happened, how it happened. I want to know the history up until then. Like, I... um. I wasn't sure that I would like this show as much as I do, and mm -hmm. now I just like can't get enough of it. I want to know everything. I'm excited for the spinoff, set yeah. uh, in like a college for superheroes. I think that's a yes. really exciting idea. Very, very adult. I imagine that. I imagine that. It's not going to be like Sky High. It's going to be like. <laughs> Can you imagine Sky High in this universe? <laughs> I hope you guys know what Sky High is. Otherwise, I, it's a bad I joke. We need to do that as a re as a watch along on the Patreon. Sky High. Yeah, we should absolutely watch Sky High. All right, if you guys want to rewatch Sky High with us, we'll do that on the Patreon <clears throat> sometime. Um, the other the other big quote that kind of got uh, circled around is Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander in the show, mm -hmm. has said that in season three of the show, uh, Homelander will be a homicidal maniac. As opposed to... That's... See, that's... I'm like, in the first episode... In the yeah. first episode of The Boys... Pretty sure he's already that. So what... What what would... Like... I think this is... I think maybe what it means is that he's going to be actively seeking out people to hurt and kill. But right again, now, what he's... is that? As opposed to... <laughs> what... What... 
in the world of this show, yeah. if Homelander is not a homicidal maniac in episode one, what does a homicidal maniac Homelander look like? Like, what? Okay. how much further could he go? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe. I'm thinking maybe. Because right now, Homelander kind of just is on top and takes care of shit when it needs to be, like, taken care of and doesn't really give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. he just kind of is there. He's like, whatever, I can do, I can do what I want. <laughs> He's like, uh, whatever. I think we're about to see a shift in him actively pursuing additional power, additional... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, power, I guess, is the best way to... Because that's that's what he, I, I think his ultimate goal is. To mm-hmm. be literally on top. Nobody can say otherwise. Because right now, he is kind of at the mercy of the people, in a way. Because his... No, he's at the mercy of his own ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, And that's yeah, what's so absolutely. interesting about the show, is that the he's not really at the mercy of anyone. Because unlike Superman, he doesn't have a physical weakness. You know what I mean? Superman. Like, there's no way to take him down. And, without spoiling the comics, the the way in which Homelander is taken down in the comics, which sounds like it might be a spoiler, it really isn't. You have to read the comics. But... The comics are very different. Very... Well, very different, because now the, the twist... The Homelander twist in the comic books is impossible in the show now. They have changed something so drastically that they could never possibly bring that twist back. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're going for is they're making it their thing. 100%. And to to keep the kind of to keep them separate for those who don't want to get spoiled one way or the other. So, I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle everything. Um, you know, e- even Stormfront. Um, yeah. Stormfront in the comic books, the the vil- the ostensibly the villain from season 2 is a male former Nazi who is the leader of a superhero team for Vod. And right. they know that he's a former Nazi. He wears Nazi insignias in the comics. It's, it's, he is a hero though. And the boys have to take him down. Yeah. Um, the, sh- the version on the show, which I think was brilliantly done. I think Aya Cash, um, really crushed that character. And, um, mm-hmm. I-, I really loved seeing them handle a much more modern and realistic to the point of it being uncomfortable to watch her scenes at times. Yes. Because it felt very topical in what's going on in the world at the moment. Yeah, it was a bit too real. We, were, we would, like, give each other the side and I'd be like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just think that they've consistently done a good job updating this for a modern storytelling. For sure. And, you know, with Soldier Boy... Soldier Boy in the comic books is not Homelander before Homelander. He's... A contemporary of Homelander's, he's very weak and he's kind of a little shit. Um, so to see what they're going to do with that is very interesting. I, I'm excited to see how they update all of these stories and what they end up doing with Homelander now that they cannot do what they do with him in the comics. Yeah. Because of the things that they've changed. Yeah. Rhiannon Cates asks, uh, having never seen or read The Boys, what do you recommend I start with? That depends on uh, if you are a comic book reader or not. I, I don't even think it depends on that. No? No, I think that depends on how much you enjoy adult content and gore. Yes. I think the if anything has a trigger warning on it, the boys needs a trigger warning. <clears throat> Brandon, um, the show less so. I, I, the show deals with certain things that are dark. 
Um, I mean, it is, yeah, it is dark and gory and, like... It does not present them to you as graphically as the comic does. Yes. Um, I think that if there is anything that bothers you, the boys has it depicted in color. And you might want to steer clear of the comic if you are the kind of person who enjoys Garth Ennis's work or um, adult kind of... Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to say shocking. It's not shocking. It is intentional. And it, it's telling a very intentional story. Yes. Um, but it is very... It is very, very adult. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, th- there's elements of rape in the show. I, and I just want to be right front with that because I do not want anyone to be in a position where they're watching something um, or reading something that makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think it's handled in a way that is telling a satirical story and I understand why it's there but uh, if that were to bother you um, I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't recommend picking up the comic but I would recommend picking up the show yeah I would I would start with the show if you were gonna start anywhere I would start with the show because the show has actually made me curious for the comic books and I don't know if I'll ever get around to reading or have the time to but it's actually something that like I've been thinking about um, because I've really enjoyed the show so far so that's it. just to answer your question that's where i would start with i would recommend watching it first start with the show and if you're watching it going you know what what is a more messed up version of this then go <laughs> read the comic yeah if the show makes you uncomfortable do not read the comic don't read the first page of the comic um it's it's quite it's a lot yeah it is a lot um miller i um I don't know if it's good that they made the changes because I've only experienced the show, but I think... I do. Okay. So, um, I don't think this is a spoiler to say, so I'm going to say it. Um, In the comic book, the boys versus the seven is not the main thrust consistently. The boys have side adventures, which is the main plot, actually. The, the The seven for a lot of it are actually the side story. Um, the boys go up against Teenage Kicks, which is mentioned in the show as um, one of A-Train's former teams, mm-hmm. um, which is like a Teen Titans. They go up against the G-Men, which is this world's version of the Seven. They go up against other teams. They, they take down other soups that you've never heard of on the show or, or have only been mentioned on the show. Mm-hmm. By changing things so that the focus is this very direct battle between the boys and the Seven, the show has a lot of focus and because of that, it, it makes the boys more important. Um, it makes the sevens more important, sorry, to the story. And it makes the sevens characterizations feel a little bit more uh, interesting. The, the seven in the comic are not complex characters at times. Homelander kind of is, but some of the other members of the seven aren't. Um, instead, by focusing only on them and not having this, like plethora Huge. of other yeah because yeah. it would be it, at that point it would end up being game of thrones and you're like i'm sorry who is this person and what is that person like well it would have been more of a typical television show where like season one would have been the boys take down the teenage kick season two is the boys take down the gym season three is the boys go to russia and take down the russians yeah you know what i mean like it would have had that kind of feeling which the comic does because the comic is much it's longer extensive. Yeah. And they had a lot more room. And also, the comic was ongoing for years. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, this gives them focus. Which... Yeah. So the show takes a lot of the best parts of the comic book um, and gets rid of... the. In order to do the comic book as a television show, you would have to have seven seasons of, like, 16 episodes a season. 
they have five seasons and each season is eight episodes. Yeah. So we're getting to things a lot faster. It's very contracted and it is very focused. And I think that the best thing the show does is focus on its characters, focus on the story it's telling and doing a really good job of telling that story in a, uh, a way that I've been very impressed with. And I, I'm really, really enjoying. I love this show. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm just so, you know, thankfully we have Mandalorian in a couple of weeks here. Because mm-hmm. um, if we didn't, I would just be like twiddling my thumbs waiting for season three of The Boys. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, do you guys, uh, we're, uh, we've got four minutes left of the show. Um, is there anything you have or should we ask if there's any questions that we missed from the audience uh no if you guys have any questions please ask um we are yeah we, we have just four minutes left i we did this we did an episode of a morning show on our twitch <laughs> there's a million things i want to change and uh we're gonna keep changing them and keep making this better but this was that's fun. why it's a test run yeah i need more coffee fun. oh there's there's still coffee in this cup for Heck yes. shame david for shame. Um, just really quickly before this ends, um, I do want to say that this is only possible because of our patrons. Um, the people over on our patreon.tv slash nerdy nightly, uh, you are the reason that we're able to do this. Uh, I really want to quickly mm-hmm. shout out our mad lads, which are my mother, of course. <laughs> uh, Trish, what would we do without you? And uh, Dagon and Phoenix from the Broken Pirates. Um, can you mm-hmm. shout them out really quick in yeah, the chat? Yeah, of course I can. Um, they are mad lads. We also have our Knights of the Nerd Table, which are going to be... Um, oh, the box not on, but it's going to at least put their username. Oh, okay, yeah. That's follow okay. If you're not following the Broken Pirates, please, please, please follow them. They're incredible, uh, and we love them a lot. I also want to shout out our Knights of the Nerd Table, Blind Seer. If you're not following Blind Seer here on Twitch, you have to. He's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foodie IRL... Uh, my stepfather, uh, Josh Aragon DR, David GM, and of course, Otter, our incredible um, Discord operator. <laughs> um, yes. Um, I just want to say to Rhiannon quickly, yes. We are planning on doing this Monday to Friday this week. Mm-hmm. So we'll be here at 10 a.m. every morning. Yep. Um, I think the trial is going to be two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we talked about uh, this week and next week. Um, doing Monday to Friday for one hour. We might have a guest on uh, next week at some point. We'll, we'll, or maybe later this week. Who knows later, when that? Yeah. We don't know when that's going to happen yet. Who knows? We need to. We need to talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we we had a lot of fun doing this, and we would like to keep this going if it's something mm-hmm. you guys are interested in supporting. Miller, I will send you a link to the Discord after this. Our chatbot is off. We should have the chatbot on for these in the future. Yes, we should. I have an idea for that. Um, also, Rebel, yeah, I did background on the boys. Yes, Paris <laughs> did do background on the boys. You can yeah. see her in the race episode in season episode one. Three, uh, yeah, episode three, season we should, one. We, we need to post that photo. Yeah, we do. We'll post that photo on the Instagram later today. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really good friends with Carl Urban. I- <laughs> I have a great story. If it's you want to hear that story, that is actually in a Patreon-only podcast, which you can hear at patreon.tv slash nerdynightly. You can also follow us across the internet at Nerdy Nightly mm-hmm. and at... Clarice Dracaris. That's right. Clarice Dracaris will be streaming <laughs> at 1 o'clock Eastern today. Yeah, playing three some hours. Subnautica. Subnautica. I gotta beat the game. I gotta do you, it. You really do, because I uh, need you to have... Twitch highlights this month from other games. You know what? That's fair. That's that. That is fair. That is fair. Um, I I'm I'm gonna work on it. We're gonna get. She's there. not. She's so obsessed. 
Um, I, I will be it. streaming tomorrow. Uh, we're actually going to be doing the morning tomorrow. show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tomorrow we will have the morning show at 10 a.m. And then if you return it to Eastern tomorrow, we will be playing through our playthrough of Divinity 2 together, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to be a fun little co-op stream of us trying to remember where we're at in this game that we have not played in a month and a half. Yeah. So uh, yeah, please join us for that. Um, I just want to say orange um, as soon as I get my superpowers. That's 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 all I will say. That's all I'm at liberty mm -hmm. to say. Liberty. <laughs> Do you hey. really want to tie yourself to that superhero? I didn't actually make that connection until mm -hmm. you said it, but um... no spoilers. But woof. Uh, <laughs> my name's David Webb. I'm Arielle Edwards. Do something nerdy tonight. <laughs>